Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. John Kennedy of Vibe Fitness, coming to you from Loveland, Ohio. John, how are you today, sir? What's going on, my man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing phenomenally. I'm excited to to dive into Vibe and, and kind of see the inner workings and get a sneak peek of sort of the back end of the business. Before we get into the strategy and the tactics and all that you do day to day, Context is important here. Talk to us a little bit about, first and foremost, what is Vibe Fitness? How do you describe this business? So I established in 2013, which we had spoken about earlier. Um, the name of the business was 650 Fitness, and it's for 650 muscles in the body. Mm. And all of my reviews in the area, on Google, when people would come in or people would be referred to me, was I had such a good vibe about the gym. Uh, and so eventually, like you go, you know, um, you're from New York, right? So yes, I don't know if you guys have like Kroger's or Lion's Den or whatever, but like, let's say you're yeah. at your local grocery store and they'd be like, hey man, do you work out? Or like, you know, aren't you that gym owner at 360 Fitness or 180 Fitness? And so in my mind, I was like, all right, 650 is not gonna stick. And I became the, I became the face of my gym, which I don't like. So I was like, I'm going to create a logo and I'm going to change the name and vibe fitness was real easy. And then a bowl was, you know, I've always had a fascination with, you know, bowls. So I was like, bowls the logo and let's go with it. And I'll mind you, I came out with that before the rock did. <laughs> this was mine. He copied yeah, us. That was mine. And so that's, that's where it went. Vibe fitness made it pretty easy. And now anywhere I go, I'm like, yeah, I own vibe fitness. And they're like, yeah, we know where that's at. Yeah. And it makes it real simple. And so the name stuck, and, and here you are as a business owner a handful of years later. Take us back a little bit to, to when this whole thing got started. What sparked the idea in your mind, I'm going to open up a gym? What, what caused you to get here in the first place? Uh, so the advice I'd give to anybody is, you know, find out what you're passionate about and follow it until it makes you money, right? So the few things that I did know was – I come from an athletic background. Uh, I've been working out my entire life and I was good at it. And when I was home from the minors, uh, I got a part-time job as a FedEx driver and a personal trainer. Mm. So one of the guys I was training, come to find out, he's got like 42 LLCs around the country. Any type of business, you know, anywhere from landscaping to construction to x-ray businesses that are in hospitals to IT businesses. And him and I just started talking. He's like, you know, what do you want to do besides play baseball? And I said, honestly, I don't really have any ideas. And I was like, but personal training and only getting paid this amount of money. I was like, I don't see myself doing that for a lifetime. And he literally goes, well, what about owning a gym? And I said, now that I could see myself doing. And the next day, he literally emails me with 16 locations. And he goes, what do you think about these locations? And so I said, oh, shit, like, you're serious. Like, you want to open up a gym? <laughs> We're ready to go. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm pondering the idea. And, you know, I'm not going to piss away this opportunity, right? You know, they only land in your lap how many times in a lifetime, and you got to make a decision. Yeah. So I said, all right, let's have a real conversation. 
And in the meantime, of having that real conversation, I worked out at a different gym because I didn't like training in the same gym that I work out in. And it's like that now. I have You're a never going to get anything done yeah. if you do. Yeah, uh, I have a membership now at another gym that I go work out at. I think every membership. gym owner that listens to this podcast will be shaking their head like, yep. Yeah. yeah, emails, text messages, phone calls. Anyways, um, so this part gets really interesting. I walk into the gym. I see this guy that I've never recognized before. And he goes, hey, man, you got really nice calves. And I turn around not thinking anything of it. And I'm like, all right, thanks, dude. You know, thanks, like, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, weirdo. Well, it turns out this weirdo had one Mr. America. Uh. So I'm not going to drop the name or anything like that, but he won Mr. America. He had a rough background, and that's how he ended up where he was after winning Mr. America. And we collaborated, and I said, all right, Mr. Investor, who's got the 42 LLCs, look who I just met. Now we're cooking. So if we bring in this guy, and you can financially back us. I think we might have a serious business model that we can run off of here and be successful. Sure. And that's how it happened. So yeah. we spent probably six to eight months of convincing this guy to hand us money, and we opened up the doors, and that was that. Yeah. And so the lesson in all this, helpful to know people, right? For sure. Always good to have conviction connections, excuse me. And, and don't so skip leg day. Don't skip leg day. Always <laughs> the calves is, is the bottom line here. And, and so, uh, John, I mean, you've been in this ownership seat for quite a while now. Talk to us a little bit about what the, the best part about owning this gym is and what's the most challenging part about owning this gym. Um. I think when you get into this line of business, you have to do it for the right reasons. Because if you're chasing the dollar, you will never be successful. But if you're passionate about helping people and putting people on the right path, you have a chance at succeeding. So for, so the first four years that I worked, this was the worst part. It was 5.30 a.m. And every owner out there knows this. It was 5.30 a.m. to 9 p.m and you take your two to four o'clock lunch break with a nap. Yep. And you do it Monday through Saturday, some Sundays if you have to, and you basically make as much money as you can just to get by. So like my monthly nut was $8,500. And if I'm only charging 30 to $40 an hour, you can imagine how much training that is. But if you stick with it long enough, you know, you get your equipment paid off, you get your business loan paid off. And next thing you know, all you have is rent and your utilities, which is 3,000. So after four years, I'm making $60,000. Yep. And so, so for each client, let's say I make $300 a month off each client and I hire someone to do that for me and they pick up 10 clients. Now I'm making an extra $20,000. Now I'm making $80,000 a year by hiring somebody and you're like, oh, this is kind of nice. And so you can see how that progresses into something. So the worst part is the beginning because I think what you do is you get overexcited about what the potential is but if you don't put your nose to the grindstone and work hard and have that discipline to keep showing up, you're going to fail. Yeah. But you just have to know that light at the end of the tunnel is a lot of success. So for me now is I have six or seven employees that make over $50,000 a year. They got their benefits. They're happy. Well, I take that back. They don't have their benefits yet. If they listen to this, they are coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by the time this goes live. Yeah. By the time this goes live, they'll have their benefits. And uh, it's stuff like that that makes me really appreciate what I do and what I've created. But yeah. never am I going to sit here and pat myself on the back because there's more work to be done. Yeah, it drives me crazy when people say, 
I didn't get into the industry to, to make money or to become a millionaire or whatever the number is, because there is money to be made in fitness. Sure. It's possible. It's absolutely possible. But to your point, there's sort of two sides to the spectrum. One, all I see are credit card numbers and, and dollars and cents, top line, bottom line. The other side, I just want to help people. I don't care how much money I make. And I think typically the most successful are somewhere right in the middle. I think we need a little bit of both of that to really drive a successful business, especially in fitness. I think fitness is a bit of a unique industry compared to a lot of others. Well, how many new but, trainers spread themselves too thin? Right. Oh, yeah. You come in 20 bucks an hour and work out with me. Right. But you still got to pay your gym rent. And it's just like, look, you don't want those clients. They only want to pay you 20 bucks. Like you're depleting your product. Please don't do it. Exactly. Uh, and, and so, I mean, here we are, right? You meant, We mentioned that, that you've been doing this quite a while. I think it's worthwhile to touch on the last 24 or so months and, and the weirdness that came with that. How was your experience as a gym owner during that time? Were you guys hit? Ooh, well, I would say the last real fight I got was in, was in college. And between the sheriff's office and the Department of Health and trying to chain up my gym, I shut down the business. But then they were telling me, you can't even be in your own gym. And I'm sitting there, well, you're still getting a paycheck. You're still getting a paycheck. And I'm losing $17,000 a month because my bills haven't stopped and the government hasn't sent me any money. Now, how long until that money runs out if I don't have a nest egg and I lose everything I've been working with for since 2013, right? And so I'm pretty hot and bothered by it because I've worked my ass off to get to where I am. And I'm about to lose everything because of some pandemic that didn't come to fruition and nobody was proving it. And, you know, like you, you can take it all with a grain of salt and on how you view the pandemic and whatnot. But the people in our city were saying half of you are going to die. So it became we're all the dead bodies. And then you listen to someone like you're in the podcast business, Joe Rogan, sitting there saying, well, why aren't they talking about people being healthy? Because I coach college baseball. Everybody got covid nothing really happened. Every of my family got COVID, nothing really happened. And it was the one common denominator was healthy people aren't dying from this and they're really not getting that sick. And it's like, okay, if I have to do my part as a citizen, I will. But please ask my landlord, my creditors and everybody else to quit billing me or telling me that I still occupy the space even though my ass is sitting at home. And it was just like, there was no ebb and flow there. So I had a real hard time with that. And I think everybody started tuning into the news and that's why the media got so polarized from that point on. Yeah. So not only do you have that, you have everybody that comes back to your gym and they've all got an opinion, right? And so as the owner, you have to play the middleman and buffer between everybody, whether it's your own employees or it's the members coming back to your gym. And it's just like, you can't win no matter what you do, because yeah. it's, you know, you got the devil on one ear and you got, you know, the angel on the other, what are you going to do? Yeah. But, Have you guys been able to rebound now that things somewhat return to normal? Uh, yeah, man. So I'll tell you what, I really got into it with my landlord at the last place. I said, if I'm not getting paid, I'm not paying you. And that was the bottom line. So I took all my money and I went and flipped a house hoping I could flip this house to save the gym. So that's exactly what I did. And then I took a last ditch effort and I moved to a standalone building, which is now 8,000 square feet versus the 4,000 square feet I was in. And I had a cushion to get me through for four months. Yep. And I was like, all right, everybody that works here, I'll let you know by month three, if you need to take your clients to another gym and we're shutting down. And 
I lost 80% of my business from when COVID started to when they reopened us. And 80% of those people never showed back up. And dude, I have quadrupled my business since then. I'm doing better now than I did before COVID. And I think it's because I took that one last leap and put everybody before myself versus like, I'm just going to take my money and run. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so things just, are trending up at least, right? Dude, it's, you know, it was, I had a hard time getting 50 members through the door. We signed up 50 this month and it's going wild and the training's off the charts and everything. So good problems to have. I think It's, uh, it's good. It's good problems to have. And I'm glad I stuck with it, man. Cause I was really thinking about just taking my shit down to Florida and seeing where it landed. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about uh, the marketing as it exists now, because I think everybody listening to this would be happy to sign up 50 people a month. What are you, what are you doing to, to generate interest in the business? How are, how are you getting people through the doors in the first place? Okay, so I'll say this. Um, one, I'm, I'm pretty young, I'm single, and I don't have a whole lot of responsibilities. So I dump a shitload of money back into my gym. So all my equipment is hammer strength equipment. So you go to these big box gyms, you get, you know, I don't want to shit on any other like equipment companies, but everybody knows hammer strength is like the Cadillac equipment. Yeah. So you have that, you get your sweat towels. Uh, I've got a nutrition bar in here. Uh, You get the TVs running and basically like you just have to be undeniable. So when people come here, you treat them as if this is the last time I'm, I'm going to see you if I don't give you a good experience, right? So that markets itself. Sure. So you get these young high schoolers in here, these college students that come back home, and next thing you know, it's like, hey, Joe, you got to come see this gym I'm working out at. And then, like, it spreads like wildfire. And then the marketing itself was I hired a marketing team to, you know, hit my Instagram and Facebook because God knows I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And well, yeah. it paid off. I think if we're being realistic with ourselves, if I'm somebody looking to join a gym, like I'm going to go to one of a handful of places and it's probably Facebook. It's probably Instagram. It's probably Google Google, right? fitness businesses that, that aren't at least on those platforms. I'm probably going to find somewhere else if I can't find you, to be honest. So for you, I mean, it's somewhat of a necessity, right? Do we want to put money into those things? Not really. But it's just necessary evil for pays for itself, right? Growth in the long run, yeah. Um, what's your experience been working with it? And, and what it sounds like is it like a marketing agency? Is that right? Oh my god, they're unbelievable! They changed my business. Yeah. Um, one, they cleaned up my website, which I didn't know I was that big of a dickhead when it came to creating your own website. But they definitely cleaned that up. Um, the way that they model my marketing in the way that they professionally do the graphics and they're like, you know, just little things like you never release at night or first thing in the morning. You always want to do it at noon when people are on their lunch break because it's going to be the first thing that they see. And she started doing it. And then I got professional photography done at the gym. And when they started doing that, I really started seeing an uptick. And then they just started like saying, Hey, well, what if we give these kids like 40 bucks to come in here and do some kind of role or like camera role or whatever they call it for Instagram Mm -hmm. because they've got 2000 followers in the area. And it was like, Hey, today we're at vibe fitness, blah, blah, blah. These are some of the people working out here. They'll interview the trainers and it really goes a long way. It catches people interest. And soon enough, they're going to come in here because they're like, I've heard about you a lot and I I need to check it out. So 
If you have the chance and you have the money, get a marketing team. They're not, they're really, they're not as expensive as I thought. When she told me like what she costed per hour, I was like, you want to work full time? <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's interesting because anything, there's so many different pieces to owning a business and it's irresponsible to think that we can be experts in absolutely everything. I think that's, Poor leadership. that's, yeah, I think it's ignorant to, to assume that that's even a possibility. So do, are there ways to outsource all of these things? Yes. What my thought is, is like, have some level of understanding of what you're outsourcing and then hire somebody to do it, right? For you, do you understand how social media functions? Yeah, of course. Do you need to know the exact keystrokes and buttons that she's clicking to make this all a possibility? No, probably not. Would it help? Maybe, but is the time invested worth the return that would provide it? I don't know. To be seen, there are probably things that you could do with your time to provide a greater return for the business overall. For sure. And so that's functioned well for you. Take us to the next step, John, because I think leads are leads. That's wonderful, but it doesn't mean much for the business until somebody actually signs up and there's a financial exchange. So walk us through sort of the, the typical sales process. We get a lead in from wherever. What happens between that and this person signing up for a membership? Well, I'm not going to lie. I kind of use a cheat code. I have pretty girls that work at the front desk. So any guy is going to catch their attention and whatnot. And they can also communicate with any other females. I'm definitely not the first person you want to see when you walk in. Because I'm like, yeah, look at this hammer strength. Isn't it the shit? They'll work out, right? Yeah. So they do a really nice job at like polishing the conversations, making people feel comfortable. You know, hence Vibe Fitness. It is the vibe of the gym. You introduce them to the people working out. And it's like, oh, it's friendly because now we each know each other's names. And then take your time to hear what questions they have to ask and actually listen. And you show them the equipment. Hey, this is pin loaded. This is plate loaded. Uh, what's your fitness level, right? And they tell you, be like, this is a great section for you to be working out on. If you're brand new, we have trainers. We'll do a consultation for you for free. And like, just keep offering them stuff that like they can't refuse, right? Because it's a one-stop shop when you come here. You need a dietitian, a nutritionist. We have it. Now I'll say this, eight years ago, I didn't have any of this shit. It was just me, right? But like, I've gotten to the point where, like you said, you put the right people in place it'll pay for itself. Yeah. I think this, then, this model is so fascinating because there's so many ways to make money. You can yeah. do so many different things and sometimes it's overwhelming, right? Right. So you don't want to oversell. You don't want to overpromise. Just be honest with them. Tell them what you got. Tell them, you know, part of the growing process of how we got to where we are, where we want to go. And then you bring them around and say like, look, if you're unsure, how about we do a seven day week free trial you sign up today, you let me know within the first eight days if you want to cancel, no problem. Just shoot me a text. We'll have, won't have any questions. If not, you're going to be charged on that eighth day. And we'll just continue to have this until you want to cancel. No contracts yeah. necessary. Do you and I measure, think that makes people feel covered because it's not pushing. Right. Do you measure conversions on that? Do you, or do you know sort of gut feeling how many of those trials stick? Yeah. Um, it's like it's over 85%. Yeah, if so somebody we're, walks, so we're, so we're doing well, right? Yeah, if someone's walking in here, they're they're typically staying, and then my retention rate overall, throughout the course of a year, is it's it's around like 85 percent. And I say a lot of that's because of personal training fluctuates, right? It's summertime, right? Weather the storm until the summer's over. Sure, because people can work out outside. Yeah, and so if we're to take a step back and look at all of this, I mean, there's only a handful of ways 
if when it boils down to to grow a business and it's get more people, it's make the people that we have more valuable to the business. Maybe it's additional services, maybe it's higher prices, whatever, and keep those people longer. The retention piece that you just mentioned. What what of those three do you think is sort of the next step for you guys? Who like can we take more people? Can we boost the other services that we offer? Do we think retention has room for improvement? Where do you think the the big rock is here? Across the entire industry? For you, for your business specifically. Uh, My main focus is retention because my goal is I want to get 1,500 to 2,000 members to be a part of my gym. And it's not going to happen within 12 months. But if somebody signs up today and I can keep them for the next five years, it's more likely I'm going to hit these goals. Right? Far easier to fill a bucket that doesn't have holes in it. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean that's a great analogy. And then um, also offering other services. So I have a meal prepping company, right? So now that I have these three to four hundred people at my disposal, instead of saying, "Hey, we have this higher nutritionist that you can talk to," I can say, "Well, this is our meal prepping company. The nutritionist recommends this meal prepping company. It's perfect for what you need." And, you know, if a regular meal costs $1.80 or 280 to make, you're charging 11 bucks for that meal. And, and you get 1,000 meals sold. Now you get another eight to $10,000 a month coming in. Yeah. And, and it's fascinating because people may be willing to spend 50 bucks a month on a gym membership, whatever. But they may also be willing to spend $100, $200, $300 on training, 200 bucks on some nutrition help. 150 bucks on pre-made meals that are convenient, 200 bucks on getting a shake every day after they work out. And suddenly this one member is far, far, far more valuable to the business. I think when we talk about those ways to grow a business, I think the two that you mentioned are far more profitable than to constantly be chasing another $50 a month client, another $50 a month client. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. The one thing I would recommend every gym owner to do, no matter how big or small you are, fill up a cooler, whether it's waters, little protein shakes, pre-workouts, it'll pay your electric bill for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. And I, I think it's funny because like, is that, that two or three bucks a day, that day isn't that meaningful. But if I can get 2000 people spending two or three bucks every time they come in, suddenly I'm making 20 grand on Gatorade and water. And yeah, it's crazy, we're, right? We're in a pretty good spot. Uh, John, I, I think, I mean, it, it's, it's worthwhile to, to look to the future with this. You already sort of alluded to it. Goal of 1,500 to 2,000 clients. Big picture with me for a moment. What's sort of the, the long-term vision for this business with you? Uh, franchise, for sure. Um, so there's other companies out there now that do youth group training. So 18 and under, you've got about five hours of the nighttime, three to nine o'clock, and you fill those hours uh, with like 15 kids a pop, right? And a lot of those businesses are struggling uh, basically because they can't, they can't get enough kids through the door to sustain their business for the most part. Because, like, it usually takes basketball courts, it takes turf, it takes batting cages, plus your equipment. I mean, that is a big nut to bite off. Unless you have a lot of financial backing, that takes a lot of time to grow. But I feel like if you take my model, where it's personal training and your general memberships, that's something that can help finance the other part of it. 
So obviously you get 2000 members, you do the math, 40 bucks a month, you're at $80,000, your bills are 10,000. What am I going to do with 70 grand a month, right? Being my age or whatever it is that I'm going to do. One of my biggest concerns and why I want to get to the group training and like, you can look at what just happened in Texas two nights ago or three nights ago is mental health is like the next, that, that's what I want to tackle next for sure. Because I think, you know, don't take this the wrong way or anybody listening, don't take this the wrong way. But I feel like social media has definitely ruined a lot of the social, social fabric in this country. Sure. Yeah. But it's done a lot of great too. It helps for businesses. It keeps you connected. So like, I'm not, I'm not knocking it for that. But what I'm saying is like, what kind of lifestyles are we watching other people live that aren't real? Like how many friends do you have where you're like, Hey man, you're really happy on Facebook, but like, I know your shit's in the dumps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, anybody listening to this can can resonate with that. I agree. And so if I can get these kids, like if I can create, you know, strong mental health, self-esteem, um, the confidence that these kids need, uh, interpersonal conversations, which is really lacking. You know, I watch the high school kids come in and they have to have a conversation with me. And it's just like, man, am I the first person you've spoke to? And like, you know, how long? And uh, just, just those kind of things. Like I would like to see, you know, the world really, but like how fitness can help somebody's mental health and how it can make them a lot better, pull them out of depression, help with their relationships, get them off certain prescriptions and medicine. Uh, it's amazing. Like, you know, I've had probably 600 clients come through my gym over the course of the last 10 years. And it is amazing to watch, like when they start working out, what it does for their overall, like, emotions and how they tackle their day by days and the way they talk to people and like the medicines that they wean off. of. Yeah. I'm not just making that shit up. Like we have the testimonies. Oh yeah. There's, the, there's hard science to back this. Like, yeah. So that, that's what I want to tackle next for sure. That's the future. I think. I think that's, that's a cool thought experiment to, to kind of put ourselves into the future and, and pace this out. John, I, I I wish we could explore further and further. I'm sure we just barely scratched the surface on this business, but we're running shy on time here. Before we sign out of here entirely, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they could learn a little bit more about the business. What's the, the website? Where's the, what's the social media? Where can we funnel people? Uh, so if you go to Facebook, it's just Vibe Fitness Loveland. Uh, you'll find the website on there. It's vibefitnessloveland.com. Uh, you'll also find my cell phone number on there. So that might just become my business phone and I might have to switch to another cell phone number, but uh, pretty much those are the only two places that we got the, the website and then uh, Facebook. There is an Instagram, but the marketing team runs it. I don't. Yeah. I appreciate that. John, this has been a bunch of fun. I, I always enjoy this type of conversation where we can get an inside look into the business owner mind and, and see what they're thinking about. I appreciate your willingness to share. I'm excited to see the future and I, uh, I wish you nothing but the best, my man. Yeah, for sure, Joe. Thank you. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of uh, South Padre Island Fitness in South Padre Island, Texas, George Block. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me. Uh, you are very welcome. Thanks for <laughs> bearing through my little tongue twister there, but um, let's jump into it. Uh, we've got a lot. You've got a very niche business based on your area and what you're doing. So give me the overview of, of what your club is all about. Our, our club is uh, on a resort island, a remote resort island. We're the southernmost tip of Texas um, off the mainland. And being a resort island, it's the... ...to your personal gym. Um, and we try and create that feel, create that ambiance when, when members are there. And um, we're a 24-7 we're operation. So part of being your personal gym, you can come and use it whenever you want. Awesome. So I want to dig into some of the, the nuance and some of the things that go with that. But before we get there, give us a little bit of a backstory. This is a fairly new venture for you as the owner, um, just over a year here. So what led to this? What were you doing before? And, and how did you end up <laughs> as, as the... Uh, the caretaker and owner of this business that you were already familiar with previously. Well, I, I was a member of this gym and I was a old retired guy living on the Island. Um, I didn't have any aspirations to uh, third or fourth career here, but uh, the owner was going to sell and the, the a succession of buyers kept falling through. And a bunch of us old guys were sitting around saying, God, somebody's got to buy this. Somebody's got to buy this. And so finally I went up to the owner and said, I'll buy it. Um, <laughs> and I looked around and he had created a really nice culture. It was surgically sterile before that was fashionable. Um, everybody put equipment back where it came from, which you almost never see in a gym. Um, it was very female friendly. Nobody left plates on weights and stuff like that. Um, but it looked old. It was old. Um, the colors in it sort of look like a kindergarten, but the average gym user was probably 55 or older. Um, and the membership was dwindling sort of quickly. And the previous owner was trying to cut his way to prof profitability. And so I saw an opportunity that if we really ran it like a business, we could make it work. And so I made an offer. We negotiated for a while and closed the deal February 1st, um, a year ago. Awesome. So you were already on the inside. You knew what you loved about it. You knew what you thought you could probably, you know, bring up to a, a standard that you wanted to be a part of. And, you know, that's, it's not to disparage the previous owner. It's just when you're at different points of ownerships, you do different things. So right. nobody comes in to say, Hey, I'm going to buy this and leave it all the same, right? That, that very rarely happens. So what were some of the things that you wanted to put into place right away? And how did that actually intersect with reality once you took over? Well, we knew that the 
the gym currently had no marketing. And so we knew we needed to do marketing. We're just trying to figure out how on this little sandbar of 2,500 people we were going to market, what was the best way. Um, we knew it needed to be freshened up. Even just a coat of paint was going to help. Um, and so we did a quick survey of, of members in the month before we closed. And we found out that one of the things they really valued <coughs> was 24-7 access. The previous owner had 24-7, but only for a tiny, tiny sliver of the members. Um, and those members really valued it and were willing to pay a premium for it. And we also knew that we were a little bit on the small side and we weren't going to grow any. We're in a second floor of an old building, um, but we could grow our hours. And so we went to a 24-7 model, which meant reversing the whole gym, coming to a new door um, where we could put electronics, um, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, electronic locks, all that stuff. Um, put the kind of security systems and camera systems in that would make people, especially women, feel comfortable 24-7. Um, and then we ended up needing to get a software system that would handle security, would handle memberships, would handle online registration, handle a website, do all that sort of thing. Um, and so that's sort of where we started was start with a marketing program, build up what the members really value now, and then try and sort of improve on the value proposition that they want with a better um, member experience. And then, you know, every time you add something to your to-do list, you got to put something on your don't do anymore list because we only have so much bandwidth. And so a lot of it was, cleaning out old equipment, cleaning out old crap, cleaning out old storage, just you know, so you can rearrange the facility, make it flow better, make it work better for the trainers, make it work better for the members, open up some more spaces. Um, there's a, a big retail space. We're not doing retail anymore. So, but that opened up for training, um, opened up, opened up as an outdoor deck. And so um, th that ended up being a, a really nice space, which we're going to expand into in the near future um, even more. So that's, that was sort of our original, original plan and we're still executing on it. Okay. Has anything come up of significance in the, you know, year plus that you've been there that wasn't in the original plan that kind of made you detour, but, you know, in, in a positive way, something that you didn't expect that you'd want to or be able to do that, that you've kind of layered in, folded into the plans? I think almost every day we look at our original plan and say, God, we're really that stupid. Uh, <laughs> you know, because you know, what was what did Eisenhower say? He said, the, the plan is nothing, but planning is everything. And um, so the planning was done by our whole staff sitting down together because I'm, I'm a big believer that all of us is smarter than any of us. And so just putting heads together and, you know, building the business plan, building the equipment plan, building the floor plan, building every plan out together. And then we would find stuff that, that, that didn't work or some things were way off the mark. We were way off the mark on personal training. We thought we'd be sort of at the same percentages as the typical gym, but our population is totally atypical. 
Um, we're, we're not a normal demographic slice. We're much older. People have their routines. You know, everybody, I spent the bulk of my adult life in San Antonio. So when I came down here, I came from San Antonio. When I walked into that gym, I had my routine. I was going to do my routine. I, I was a typical member. Um, and so building up the personal training book at first was very, very difficult. Okay, so that's factored into some of the direction that you've gone with the gym as far as you know that personal training is is your biggest area of opportunity because there's only so many population. You, you're never going to be a thousand member facility in a 2,500 person town. That's, that's a resort. You may have swells with, with seasons and things like that. So personal training is, is something you wanted to really lean into, but you're also an hour away from most of your employable base. So tell us a little bit about how you started to work on solving the employment problem so that you could work towards where you want the business to go. Well, when I was doing sort of due diligence before I bought the gym, I went around and talked to other island business owners and a big problem, but people tend to pay poorly. Um, you know, typical hospitality industry wages. And so I knew, A, we had to pay better. But even my experience as a gym member in San Antonio and even on the island was that trainers live in part-time hell. If they're for goals, they might work at three different goals or four different goals to get enough training in. Or if they're a freelancer, they'll be just changing shirts when they walk into a new gym. Um, and so we wanted to keep our people out of part-time hell and offer full-time jobs. So we built our employment model based on full-time jobs where half their time would be spent doing some administrative managerial tasks for the gym and the other half would be spent training. And so one of our first trainers, a young woman who wanted to learn about the business of gyms. And so I said, okay, you're going to learn. You're going to keep our books. You're going to handle all of our communication with our accountants. And at first she just sort of froze. She says, I know nothing about it. So you said you wanted to learn, right? Yeah. Well, you're going to learn. And it slowed things down. And there are a few mistakes at first, but nothing tragic, just the typical learning curve stuff. But the day we opened, we had 32 members. That give, makes it pretty darn easy to learn because you're setting up real small books. Your possibility for mistakes is tiny. Um, and so she's been learning and learning and getting better and better. And she's starting to get to be a pretty savvy businesswoman right now, starting to think like business. Uh, another one of our uh, young guys um, was managing a bakery for a very large grocery chain in South Texas, H-E-B. And um, we needed somebody to handle marketing. And, you know, he, he had a personal social media account. And that was about it. I said, okay, you're going to handle all of our marketing and social media. And we contracted with a local marketing firm. But their contract wasn't to do it. It was to teach him how to do it. 
And so my philosophy is and, and was in my previous life to take things that you would normally outsource and insource them and teach your people how to do them and create full-time jobs that way. And so by guaranteeing a base salary and then letting them fill in the other half with their personal training book, we became an employer of choice in this area for, for trainers because they knew it was a full-time gig. Got it. So looking at how to really professionalize the training in your facility, not, not so much as just from the, the area of respect and esteem that trainers sometimes are missing, but also making it so that you'd be more attractive because people could know, hey, this is my job, just like like any other job. I can come here, I can expect a certain workload, I can write my own paycheck in some directions, but I'm gonna have some security, I'm gonna have a support system that, that might not exist at, at any other facility that I could go and be a trainer with. That, that's exactly the way it is. So when somebody walks in the first day, they're talking to our operations manager or they're talking to our marketing manager. They know they're talking to a manager. They know that manager has a college degree and they know that manager is also highly certified as a personal trainer. Okay, so have you gotten to the point yet where trainers are seeking you out, coming, talking about, hey, I've heard that this is a great place to work. I know it's, it's only been a short time, but have you seen any of that happening? We just did. Um, our very first employee just left and took a job at SpaceX. And um, <clears throat> we thought in this environment, it was gonna be very, very difficult to replace him. And it seemed like within moments, we had five fantastic applicants that <clears throat> you could really have just thrown a dart and any of them would have been wonderful. And we ended up um, getting one that we had ranked very, very high on our list. Um, and it was a very high list to start with. So we think we are seeing the benefits. Okay. So that the reason I go in that direction is it comes up a lot on the show when we talk about bottlenecks, issues, humps to get over for, for different types of businesses. That's one that we hear the most is it's really hard. I don't know where to go to find good trainers. It's, you know, there, there are all these things that come up with staffing and I, you know, we've got this nationwide employment shortage or all these things that compound it. But I usually try to direct the conversation to be, what are you doing to make yourself the type of facility, the type of employer that people will seek out? eventually or what separates you from other people and you know that i get these stock answers all the time well we pay competitively and we're we have a really clean gym and the you know the the vibe is good and like well everybody's basically going to say those same things it's that next step it's the things that you do that are going to get people and keep them that you have to differentiate because you know, fitness can be commoditized, gyms can be commoditized to a certain point. And as employers, we're on the same thing, you know, a good trainer can probably go get a job anywhere. So 
you got to make yourself the type of place a good trainer or any good employee would want to come to. And I think a lot of those problems start to work themselves out. You know what you just described, I call the ticket to the dance problem that people think that what they're doing is differentiating, but everybody does it. I mean, especially after COVID, everybody's gym is clean. You know, you walk into the grocery store, drug store, and hello, sir, you know, everybody greets you. Everybody, it's all the same. This is a ticket to the dance. But just because you have a ticket to the dance, it doesn't mean you're going to get to dance with the prettiest girl. It, it, it is the next level. And you can't expect a professional staff if you pay them like amateurs. You've got to pay them professional wages. You've got to give them a professional job description. And you have to treat them like professionals. And we tend to think that our job is to keep our clients happy. Our job is to keep our employees happy because if they're really happy, they are going to keep your clients happy. And so if we take great care of our people, we will first have great people to take care of our clients. And second, they will be in a great frame of mind to take care of our clients. Yeah, it trickles down above and beyond. You're already at the next step. You're already at the next level because when we talk about client retention, client satisfaction, a lot of times gym owners want to talk about, we do, we have these, we have these policies and we have these practices and in this shiny object and this gimmick and again, right on being on the same line with you, it's like, well, how satisfied are your employees? Because employee retention, employee satisfaction is almost always directly correlated with the rest. 100%. And you, know, you can't you can't pay everybody that walks in the door a million dollars an hour. There, you know, there are limits, but if you find what people find fulfilling, you know, if people I'm a big Simon Sinek fan, um, you know, if you can. Yep. If you can have people who are inspired, who feel fulfilled, I think you still should pay them competitively. It's not a, an excuse or a, a cop-out to say, well, I can pay a little less because they really like it here. I think you should do it all. That way you're not constantly cycling through people. You want to be as good as you can for them. Um, but yeah, it's it's a retention, good employee retention, and I think is the best client retention play that you can have. Yeah. Absolutely. And the word competitively sometimes means I pay at the 50th percentile and you want to pay at the 98th percentile. Probably if you're at the hundredth, you're overpaying, but if probably you're the second highest, you're paying appropriately, but I'm not afraid to be the highest either. If it, if it can make sense, from a business point of view, and, and we do it by trying to create full-time jobs. Amazing. All right. So with the rest of the time that we have here, I want to talk about the biggest program opportunity, service opportunity that you have in the business right now is to grow your personal training. And that is the case for a lot of gyms that have open access and personal training. But for you, your situation geographically, demographically dictates that. So at what point did you realize, hey, this is where 
I can actually make a bigger impact. I can, you know, to the community and to my bottom line in a, you know, in a, a way that is in line with your integrity as a business owner. And what are the movements that you're making to try to fulfill that, to try to get personal training to be whatever it can peak out at in the community that you have? So um, Vince Gabriel really sensitized us to that. I got him to take a look at the gym and give us a going over. And he said that, you know, the place you're really missing is personal training. And um, he said it in typical Vince way, pretty strongly. <laughs> um, but we took a really good look and our marketing wasn't directly targeting personal training. Um, even our trainers weren't directly targeting personal training when in conversations, we didn't have good materials on our desk. We have beautiful windows on the front of our gym that overlook the main street of town. And all of our members use their app on their phone, beat the door, come in. But it's the people who never walk off the sidewalk into our gym who are overweight, diabetic, getting frail, whatever. They're the ones that really need the gym. And so we started focusing on the ones who will never show up here. How do we get them into the gym? We have, in sort of Simon Sinek fashion, we have a triangle that's sort of we're trying to build our culture out of our three main values. And the first one is trust. The second one is communication. And the top one is health. And how do we make our community healthier? My youngest son is a, is a medical researcher, and he says, Dad, everybody fears cancer. Everybody fears dementia. But the real reason older people lose their independence is frailty. So the best thing you can do is get some dumbbells. And so we're trying to help our health of the community by getting them strong to stay independent. The biggest reason that people end up selling a house on the beach, selling a house on the island and moving elsewhere is because they're losing their independence. They're frail and they have to go closer to a doctor. So we're saying you can stay on the island longer and live this enjoyable lifestyle longer by staying stronger. And so what we found out by tracing backwards our marketing, if you're from the island, you found us on Facebook. If you're a tourist, you found us on Google. And so we got rid of everything else. We got rid of the stuff that didn't matter. And so we're focusing all our messaging to the island on Facebook. And now we're doing nothing but talking about personal training. And even the same for people who are coming as tourists. You have a trainer in your hometown. We can give you personal training while you're here. Um, and so we're getting... The last couple of months, our trainers have had very full books by internally focusing on it. We create a membership that's just a training only membership. We don't have to be a member in the gym. You pay for training, walk in, get your training and walk out. <coughs> so that we're trying to lower the barrier to entry that way. And hopefully over time, as people get more and more mature, have training, they'll become members of the gym so they can do stuff in their other hours. But before we were trying to take people who are members of the gym and cherry pick them over to personal training. It seems to be a lot easier to get people who are here for training and to cherry pick them over to the gym. And so we're, 
we're focusing on our values and saying, how do we improve the health of our community? How do we get those folks who would never come in here to come in here? We're marketing to the people on the sidewalk and we're focusing all of our marketing on personal training. And then we're trying to align um, everything from our, our membership fees to having a, you know, a zero membership on up so it aligns with building the personal training book. Because we think that's also a big value we can bring to the community. If you can teach somebody who has never in their life done PE, sports, fitness, if you can teach them how to do it and then how to make it their life. And in a retirement community, you to their life to their years. Yeah, that's that's super powerful. So it sounds like you you have a solid plan, you're you're executing it, everything is moving in the right direction. Do you feel like right now it's just a matter of patience, just on the time horizon, you're growing at an acceptable pace there, something sustainable, and it's just the horizon is something that you can see and you're approaching, or do you feel like there are any any tweaks or adjustments that are going to need to be made along the way? Is there anything that feels like it's missing or is it just the element of time? Well, obviously time is a, is a part of it. When, when I bought it, I talked to an accountant who sort of specializes in this type of business. And she said, you're going to lose money the first year because you're going to invest in the facility. The second year you'll break even third year, you'll make money and the fourth year will be very profitable. I said, okay, that's sort of a good model. Um, so time is there, but if you look where we are in time, on one end is the bookend of COVID, and when we look forward, the other bookend is a recession. So we internally are planning for a recession right now. Um, but my previous experience in life says, you gotta plan for the recession, but what you really have to plan for is the day after the recession. That when things come back, that you're ready to capture it. Because though, if you, if you look at our airline business right now, they so collapsed themselves for COVID, they weren't ready for the day after COVID. And so what I've seen over time is when you're entering a recession, very seldom do you die by the knife to the heart, it's by a thousand cuts. And so as I look at every small expenditure, can we delay it, cut it, or shrink it? But on the big expenditures where we're trying to grow capacity, improve the facility that's going to be ready for the day after the recession, keep investing there. So we said we're going to slow down hiring part-time staff. We're going to slow down a bunch of little expenditures, maybe replace some equipment. Nah, we're, we're just going to maintain it. But we're going to spend some money and build out this outside area so that when the recession's over, we can capture that growth. And so, yeah, time, but when we look forward, even in our little four-year time horizon, looks like there's a pretty major challenge coming on the horizon. Yeah, and, and hopefully it's, hopefully, I, I mean, after coming through the other side of COVID, it's like, well, um, we never welcome a recession, but it, it doesn't sound so bad compared to, um, you know, in, in some areas having two years of, you know, more off than on oh, yeah. with the shutdown Horrible. and whatnot, but Horrible. 
being prepared is definitely a good position to be in, right? Yeah, and what, the worst thing that could happen if if you're prepared, for, like you said, for it and for post it is if it's not as bad as you thought, that's great. But if it is, at least you, you know, you set the expectations. I don't know if you ever heard of a, a Roman general named Marcus Aurelius. But yes. One of his great statements was the worst thing I could hear from a commander is I never thought of that. And so that sort of goes to Eisenhower's, the plan doesn't matter, but planning is everything. You wanna think of every possibility, every possible outcome, and at least have, so that when it happens, you, oh, that's not part of our plan, but we'd already thought about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's so many, I guess so many different cliches that are applicable for planning, you know, plan, failing to plan is planning to fail and, yeah. um, you know, I, I, there, there are a lot that go with it. So it sounds like you've got that pretty, pretty strongly in hand there. So with, with our last couple of minutes that we have here, um, growing personal training is a, is a major thing that you have in line, you know, being prepared for, you know, what looks like the inevitable, um, some depth of reception. Are there anything, any other plans that you have, for the facility things that you may do after you get personal training to where you want it to be is there is there anything else like you've got the outdoor space that you're going to build out so three pretty big things there is there anything else or at that point do you think it's just it's going to be a maintenance phase um i think if i'm still alive we'll probably either buy or build a new facility of our own at some point down the, i mean right now i don't want to build anything or buy anything it's just if we're not in a bubble now, I don't know when what this is, um, but this is the worst possible time to buy or build. So we're gonna we're gonna ride out this period of the economy. Um, but I think we do want to have our own space. Being on the second floor is a little bit of a problem. It's a big problem for anybody in a wheelchair. It's a big problem for anybody that's you know got a bad hip or a bad knee trying to get upstairs. Um, there's no elevator in the building, stuff like that. Um, we eventually want to get into some youth programming, some kids programming, um, but it would take a different facility to do that. So um, long-term, we would have our own facility that would be designed for us. Awesome. Well, I hope that, uh, that everything goes to plan and you're able to uh, get to a point where you're comfortable doing that and, you know, just uh, serve the island and the population as best you can. So for now, we are out of time, sir. Uh, I appreciate you being here with us, coming on, sharing your story, some of the things that you're working on, and I look forward to keeping in touch in the future. Thanks very much, and uh, thank you for Myland Fitness. Yes, sir, and, and to everybody out there listening, we appreciate you. We know we wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, Keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. 
Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Louise from Life Studio in North Vancouver, British Columbia. What's up, Louise? How are you today? How are you, Brianna? Thank you for having me here. It's an honor to me. Yeah, nice to meet you. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice to meet you, too, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump right into the details here. Wasting no time. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Well, it's not like a short story, right? But uh, I'll try to summarize a little bit. I'm a former track and field athlete. I was full-time athlete uh, in the past. I was South American champion in 110 meter hurdles. And uh, from there, when I ended my career as as a athlete i went to school i'm from brazil and uh, in brazil if you want to work uh, in sports or like fitness like uh, you need to have a bachelor degree in physical education Mm -hmm. so i went to school four years bachelor degree and i i started to work right away as a trainer although i could not i was already working as a trainer but taking the course and so I actually never stopped uh, uh, studying. I, after the, the physical, physical education, I went to exercise biomechanics, phys- uh, exercise physiology. And I also, my last program was sports performance uh, coaching. It was all university uh, uh, degrees, right? And so I've been working as a personal trainer for 17 years, almost 18 years this year. And I was always like a busy trainer, uh, always a busy trainer. But although I, many years ago, I realized that personal training has like uh, limitations, like has some limitations, right? Your, your body and your energy is your, your limit, right? So you can have a, 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 a few numbers of uh, a few clients per day. After a while, you just like, just decrease the amount of the volume of uh, training that you can do one-on-one. So I realizing that I decided to move to Canada. Why? I wanted to, five years ago, I moved to Canada because I wanted to find more balance in my life. Uh, because I was working a lot. I was not having time for, for my life, like, uh, you know, just relax, enjoy and do other stuff. And uh, I wanted to find uh, options that I could maybe use the experience, my background, my education, and not necessarily to be physically active, like my physical presence to be like making my my money, right? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm there at that hour. If I'm not there, I'm not making any money. So right. uh, 
personal training helped me to immigrate. So, uh, and after I, I, I became a permanent resident, I, I met someone that, uh, unfortunately she's not here because she's recovering from the sickness, but she is actually my partner and Catherine, and I, we met and she's like an amazing brain for business. So yeah. she's an amazing entrepreneur and, um, we met and then we decided to create this beautiful environment, the beautiful facility that we have, uh, where I could use my experience uh, with, as a trainer uh, to manage the space where we could have uh, trainers renting the space and also clients that come here, that come here to do their workout. And in some way, I would be interacting to them to create what I think after so many years, what is the ideal uh, fitness uh, workplace, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so we started this business last year. Um, it was actually the media, the, in the middle of the pandemic. But when everything started with the COVID, after six weeks, personal training was already allowed, right? There was always the protocols, some rules. So we decided to create a, a space that we could work uh, under the protocol. Uh, so the space is big. We would have like five big corners, five big, uh, not corners, but five big pods where the trainers could be working with a client with a good space, good social distancing and with equipment for uh, any type of workout you could imagine you possibly do in mm -hmm. that area. That, that was my brain as a trainer. Okay, what do I need to have uh, the best training possible in this corner? So all the corners, they have squat racks, benches, uh, dumbbells, uh, plates, barbells. We have uh, cardio machines. Like So, and Catherine in, in the other side, she was already, oh, but we could have like squat racks, but colored. We could have like, you know, so it was a good uh, mix because I'm like, I think about equipment. I think about the quality. So I know which brands are the best, mm -hmm. but she can help with like, okay, but this is going to look nicer. And he actually does. So it was a great uh it was a great uh, combination, like, because I, I always learn, I'm still learning a lot with her. But uh, at the same time, I'm being able to create the, the space that I, as a trainer of so many years, I idealize as the perfect atmosphere, the, the most, the, 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 the most uh, safe place for trainers to be working and clients to be feeling okay this is a great place for me to come and to do my workout I have plenty of space I have good equipment the trainers are well educated they like everything like uh, it looks nice feels good and also uh, Brianna is not actually for any type of client Okay, although we are open for any client, but it's not like for everybody because right. uh, it's it's more for people that they value 
to be in a place that you have a space some people don't feel you know how it is some people don't feel comfortable to go to crowded gyms and like uh like some people don't care but some others they they just don't like and they so we are targeting more this type of people and also as a trainer a personal trainer i always create a very very strong and uh, good relationships with my clients so i think i do this well as mm-hmm. a trainer uh because the name is already there personal training right so you create some of a personal relationship also with the client i had clients 11 years in my life 12 years working out with me almost every day so uh anyway uh what else we started with this format that uh, uh at the beginning we didn't want any client come here to do their workout without supervision, without mm-hmm. a trainer, okay? So it, it would be a space only for trainers to be working with some clients. And uh, But after a while, you know how it is, you as a gym owner, uh, we start to realize some things that we have some ideas, the ideas were good, not necessarily they worked, uh so we decided okay let's let's create opportunity also for clients that want to come here and they don't Mm -hmm. want to have a trainer because they are working out for many years without a trainer but they love the space and why they cannot use the space if they want to use the space so we create also this option Although we have some restrictions, and I'm going to talk about these restrictions. One of the restrictions is first they're going to have an assessment with me, because I want to know if they can, if they can perform, if they can move well without taking the risk to get injured, and also to put any any uh, body else that is uh, working out in the same mm-hmm. environment, like uh, in, uh, in in some type of risk, right? And also I can offer. Uh, workouts. I have uh, 500 videos that I created in those last eight months with myself performing exercise on our training floor at at our studio. And we have uh, this app that is the app of our uh, studio. So the name is Live Studio app. So with this Live Studio app, the clients, they are going to be going to have an account and I can create workouts for them. And uh, they are gonna have like Louise trainer performing the exercise with my description of the exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very uh, customized and it's very personal because it's not just like s- someone or some random or like uh, a standard uh, workout that you can buy online, right? Is Louise performing the, the, the videos? And they have access to this library. Um, this is the second stage, Brianna, because the first stage would be clients coming here to follow my program using this app, training here using my program without one-on-one training, without a trainer physically there supervising. So I have, I still have some clients doing this uh, this format uh, 
Mm -hmm. uh, we have cameras here. So if I'm not here to give some feedback to spot sometime, I can check the, the workouts by the camera later. And I always mm -hmm. send a message to them. Say, look, Brian, um, your feet on a leg press was too low. You can uh, raise your feet a little bit more. Uh, look, your torso is leaning too much to the side. So it's a great, it's a great uh, for the, the client that if they feel they have a trainer, yes, although uh, you don't have like the trainer over there, like, at, you know, beside them, but uh, they feel, oh, I have someone taking care of me. I have someone uh, coaching me and, like uh, checking my workouts not that i'm just here and i'm just doing some workout and i don't know where i'm going right mm -hmm. although brianna this is a lot of work <laughs> like uh, obviously at the beginning you had a lot less clients but after a while you start to have more clients and this customized uh, idea start to get very overwhelmed to me because I'm very careful with details with the with the when programming when uh, creating a workout like, like mm -hmm. you ask me Luis I want to do some workout because I want to increase my kick power on a kickboxing so mm -hmm. I'm going to create a workout for you customized so but this takes a lot of time right and honestly it's not very efficient if you want to have more clients in this format and also if you uh if you uh if you want to manage the gym if you need to pay the cleaners if you need to take care of the mirrors if you need to take all all the the contractors all the trainers and like and then i still have to do that it's it i realized that okay this is not gonna be something uh very uh, realistic although it's a great idea and some clients really like what i'm trying to do is little by little uh, how can i say upgrade this client to a more uh uh freedom like mm -hmm. training by themselves i still can help i still can but i'm not gonna be checking all the time all the workouts like right uh, and brianna honestly after a while i've been working as a trainer for so many years if you train if you train with someone this is my opinion okay uh, mm -hmm. this is just my opinion if you train someone for five years and this person that cannot squat by themselves they don't know how to squat after five years you know i know that some cases are different Okay, I know some cases are different and people need uh, supervision all the time. But most of my clients, for example, they can exercise by themselves. Like they know how to do like a squat, a bench press, a plank, a push-up, like a, a core exercise. They know we've been doing this for so many years. So if they have a program, they can maybe train by themselves, right? Mm -hmm. I understand that some people, they don't go to the gym if they don't have a trainer there they paid the trainer and they have the commitment oh i paid i paid uh, louise so i have to go right i'm not this trainer for so many years i'm not i'm not this trainer you know what i mean i've i've been this trainer 15 years ago like people they needed to have a trainer otherwise they would not exercise but i'm not this trainer anymore i'm a trainer that 
I can have clients get come here and they want to improve their sprinting acceleration. And then I can uh, have few workouts and create a program for them for something very specific. But I'm not a trainer that I'm, I'm just here and the client comes because otherwise without a trainer, they are not coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now as far as your client base goes, how many clients are you currently serving? So I have two clients, right? I mean, not two, two people coming here. I have two types of clients. One client is, for, for example, Mark that is working there. He's a trainer. He has 10 clients that he brings here. Mm-hmm. And they, he, Mark, the trainer, is my client because he rents he rents the space, right? Mm-hmm. So I have seven trainers in this format. And I have trainers that are busier than others, right? Let's say that is an average of five to 10 clients they bring to the gym, okay? uh so let's say like 50 uh between like around like 25 to 40 50 clients that comes through the trainer okay Mm -hmm. from the trainers and i have like around 10 12 people coming for this uh format of uh coming here and using my program and uh training at the facility so this is something that we started recently, right? We started recently. And another thing that I would like to mention is this is not like an open gym. Someone's coming here and the, the reception, we have a receptionist that's going to open the gym. No. So this is by appointment only. The idea of Catherine was created everything automated. That means we don't have employees. Okay. We don't have employees. So I was always very careful to select which trainers are working here because we need people that we trust that can also look after and take care of the gym while we are not here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say that yesterday I didn't show up. I don't worry. I'm not worried because uh, Mark came in the morning and uh, if something was not looking good, he took care. I am Martin. He was the last trainer. He always put all the towels in the laundry. He always he needs to fold some towels uh, or put the bench in the right spot. And they they lock the gym. So I'm not worried because we created this studio, this gym, for like like self service, mm-hmm. right? So the trainers have a, like an access code. They come from the back door, through the back door, they type the code and they unlock the door and disarm the alarm automatically. So Mm -hmm. they have the whole gym for them. And if someone is coming to train, they don't need to do that, but, uh, or a trainer or even a client that we call private access client, they have the access code, okay? what else I'm missing here? I would like to mention and I forgot. Anyway, uh, so this is a, one of idea that we had. Ah, okay, I remember. This is a by appointment only, Brianna. Uh, mm-hmm. That means I was t- t- telling you that 
the the type of client that we want now that we want we want all the clients the type of client that we have is the client that likes to come here and knowing that even if it's busy it's never gonna be too busy so we we limit the times slot for five space by times a lot that means like we're never gonna have more than five trainers working with clients so the math that i did was with the space that we have let's say that we have mark with a client martin with a client jenica with a client diego with a client stephanie with a client louise no louise is out we have five trainers working with one client mm -hmm. so we would have 10 people working out at the same time and this would be the busiest uh, moment of our gym uh, and then people working out here we still have plenty of space for everybody to be working out we have a very nice turf area in the center of the gym so you can like sprint you can do plyometrics you can do a sled push or like you can stretch and you still have a lot of space to, to everyone so if you missed to book your time on the calendar, let's say you are, you are a client and you have the, the app, right? You, we use the app for booking the sessions and you want to exercise next day at 9 a.m. If you missed the chance to book at 9 a.m., the five, five space were taken, you cannot train at 9 a.m., unfortunately. But you have the option to book any other time of the day. And this is something that uh, some clients like because we have a client, for example, she's a doctor and uh, she could never commit with like, oh, let's train Tuesday and Thursday, 2 p.m. No, she doesn't know the schedule. She's going to know like two, three days before. Mm -hmm. But And then having this flexibility to be able to book the space like in the last minute i have some clients they come here they park the the car and they book the session like uh at that moment right point we're gonna be busy that we they cannot do that because they're gonna actually miss the chance to be exercised we're still not there but this is one of the advantage that we created in our our facility and um and some people really love this uh, option because most of the, the, the these clients, those clients that are coming to train by themselves, they were personal training clients. And after a while, when they realize that they actually don't need the trainer, <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's, it's again, personal training is amazing. I, I, I built my life as a trainer, but it's also good to empower people and clients that they can actually exercise by themselves mm -hmm. and they love to have this option to also exercise and most of them they still want some customized program from the trainers which is great right i don't know what else i'm missing here if you want to ask me yeah so on the on the business side of things and marketing and getting the word out there to more people to be able to help more people and serve more people what does that look like for you how are you growing the membership yeah this is a good question this is something that we just had a meeting about that at the beginning i was kind of taking care of the 
the social media marketing and uh i always started actually to have some followers and i was all, all the time uh posting some videos the trainers they come here they create videos because they also they have their own business and they always tag the, the gym and i always repost but actually this is very like uh this is not a professional way right and also after some years i realized that okay I, i'm I'm not so good on that. So that we're gonna have uh, uh, someone that is that works with social media and professionally, and gonna be creating like uh, uh, posts, ads, like uh, to have more consistency. We're also gonna have some paid ads on like Google and everything because we realize that people are actually looking for gems. Like we, mm -hmm. I have the the google analytics and uh i received the numbers right so people look for gems and they go to the website we just improved the website a little bit the beginning the website was just like to have some information there now we've been working like so all the trainers that work here they have uh, a page in our website that links direct to their own website because we also want to promote them right we want them to be successful so uh, if they are being successful they're going to bring more clients to us so um, clients that work out here they bring other clients so but now we started to create more strategies uh, of advertisement and we're gonna also sponsor some events we're gonna have an event uh, this month the next month that we're gonna sponsor it's like uh it's like a charity and um people with that work uh that work in a, a sports special olympic sports and um we're gonna be uh, sponsoring and promoting trying to spread the word and uh, yeah, we, we, we started to create strategies and we're going to have someone taking care of this marketing advertisement because we just realized, okay, there is a gap between what we have here, what we offer and the client that is looking for what we have and they are, they, they cannot see us. Mm -hmm. And I think Absolutely. This, is the, the, this is the, the main I'm not going to say issue because we also started just now. We were right, realizing you had a business, you know how it is. Like we're learning also with mm -hmm. business, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's a, a huge part of the marketing and making sure that you're targeting the right people, you're talking to the right people, because there tends to be so many people in the area. Like you said, there's a, a gap of people who are in your area that just might not know that you're there. You know, they're looking for what you have, but they just don't know that you're there. Uh, so really getting the word out there to the right people to let them know what you do so that you can help them is huge. Uh, so that can be a real game changer, you know, within the business from a business standpoint, but then also from a standpoint of being able to help more people and serve more clients. So definitely a, an important factor there. Now, as far as the big picture goes for you, from a business standpoint, where are you looking to take the business? What's the big picture goal? Well, uh, we want to have uh, a waiting list. <laughs> this is the picture goal because we don't want you, we want to keep the, this concept that we have. 
you know, some companies, they start with highest quality and then uh, after they start to make a lot of money, they want to get more money, they want to, and then they start to, uh, you know, uh, put the quality on the side and mm -hmm. okay. And the clients, they started, they, they're there first because of the quality, they are, don't look anymore the company as they are looking before. And we don't want that. So what we want is, we want to create this uh, aspect of uh, uh, more private environment for private atmosphere. Also, I still have lots of trainers. They always reach out because they want to rent the space. They want to come here. And I already have a good number of trainers. I might have another one, uh, but I'm always very careful with uh, like, uh, which, which trainer I'm bringing here because, uh, again, I want someone that has a good education and the, the fitness and sports and like, mm -hmm. and also have a good attitude to take care of things because I also give advantage to the trainer for the trainers. I have give few advantages to the trainers because it's for me is an exchange, right? Um, so what I want you Get, we have a number that is, let's say that we could have around 30 clients, 40 clients in this private access program that people that are going to use the gym as like an open gym. And I have like, as I said, I already have seven trainers. I say you're going to keep the seven trainers working uh, at least 20 hours per week. Like, uh, yeah. And again, at some point, we're going to have to increase the rate because, as I said, we have five space per, per slot. It's, it's not a lot. For now, you should have uh, space for everybody comes here. Sometimes you have nobody working at it. Sometimes you have like almost the, the whole training floor full as it happens anywhere with the peak hours, right? And uh, maybe we're going to have like in the future to have another gym. I don't know, mm -hmm. like uh, the sky is the limit, right? I, uh, there are so many things that we can create also renting the space. We also had an idea, I didn't mention, but we have an amazing physiotherapist here working. We have also a clinic, he's building his clinic, he's bringing lots of clients and the clients, they come here, oh, this is a very nice gym. So we're gonna also work to advertise the gym for the clients that are coming from him. Mm -hmm. We have a, a massage therapist. We have a retail area. So we just, uh, we just started, just opened. This week, we just opened a store in our facility. So we have uh, uh, other source of revenue that we can create. I don't know about the store. I, I, it's a brand that I really love uh, that I brought from Brazil and I, and this is, we don't have this here. It was very hard to bring to Canada and like, anyway, sky is the limit. I'm enjoying this, this side of, uh, of uh, my career that mm -hmm. is not necessarily only as a trainer that is challenging me to, okay, I need to learn more it's not just like, oh, let's see how it goes. And I, you know, you have people that sometimes like the social media, for example, after a while I realized, man, you 
you are not good on that. <laughs> you need someone that knows what they are doing, right? Right. So it's not like uh, I can't I can't do everything. No, no. I think I'm good with training, and I think I'm good with people, mm-hmm. and I think I understand. I think I understand what a, a gym needs or a client needs in the training aspect. But some other things, it's not my field. So that's why Catherine helps me a lot. And um, anyway, yeah, we we are happy because the gym is every day busier. Brianna, every day you have more people here. We, uh, we want to create a community. This is what's always our go a community is people coming here you know like everybody knows each other is a great uh, space uh people feel good um so this is very important to us we don't want to lose that at the beginning i had lots of trainers wanted to rent the space and i if i just wanted to think about that money 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 no let's go right i could just like okay let's go you know bring your client but like i'm not gonna have any control and i saw you had the gym as well. You know how it is. You can see so many crazy things in the training floor. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it uh, becomes hard to keep track of, uh, you know, at a, at a certain point and the quality is always very important. So uh, now one last question before we start to wrap up, what is, this is something I'd love to ask every, every gym owner that I speak with is, uh, what is the biggest bottleneck within the business that's holding you back from getting to the next level at the moment, if there is one? Uh, and if there is, how are you working through that to continue to grow and, and get to the next level, essentially? Um, I think I mentioned here, I, I what I see now is just, okay, we need to work the advertisement. I mm-hmm. Again, Everybody comes here, Brianna, I'm not kidding. It's, I'm, we're so careful about how clean, how neat, everything is so fresh. Uh, everything like, in, it's, it's beautiful. And all the details, that's the point that Catherine came here. She's the creative brain. And also she's very good with details that I'm, I'm not. And people like, oh, the clock on the wall, oh, the decals, like, uh, oh, the color. Uh, so everything is so beautiful and people come here they thought oh my god this is awesome i didn't know that you guys exist so i want to show what we have to the people that are looking for what we are offering Mm -hmm. again it's a specific type of client because some people they don't care they want to save some money they're other like front big franchise that huge uh, space with mm-hmm. millions of machines right they can go there and do their exercise even community center i was training the other day in community center it's not a problem about that but this is for some specific type of client that value like having the private shower a very nice towels that we have very nice bathing uh, uh products and like things like that and they love to come here. They don't feel like uh, ashamed or embarrassed or to be around other people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I w- we want to show that we have this space and they can come here. They're going to be very welcome. They're going to love uh, to be like 
working out here, all the trainers. And so again, I think my battle right now, that is actually not like a battle because we just realized that is this gap that we have from the clients and what we have to offer. Mm -hmm. spreading the word right right yes yeah absolutely and you're not alone there you know that's a lot of a lot of facilities just getting the word out there to the right people is typically the biggest challenge to get the right people in the doors so definitely not alone there all right so now as we start to wrap up here where can the listeners find you on social media okay uh we are on uh, instagram we have we are live dot studio dot fit this is our instagram account our website is uh, live studio dot fit and uh yeah we have facebook as well so live studio um yeah and we're gonna we always have uh training videos we always have some some type of uh suggestion some type of uh tip like uh we have the trainers it's good because the trainers they show the the, the space they also show different exercise so we it's it's um our way to show who we are who is working here and uh yeah this is the information again sorry and also my my email is luis at lifestudio.fit we also have a hello at lifestudio.fit all right perfect so lots of ways to find you get in touch with you uh awesome all righty yeah. so louise from life studio in north vancouver british columbia thank you so much for taking the time to join us today it's been so great having you on the show thank you so much brianna thank you for the opportunity to talk and uh very nice to meet you Yes, absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.